0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey Podcast with your host, Emma Daughter.
1: Thanks for joining today. We are reading 1 Samuel 8. But before we dive in, by way of reminder, we have new guided journals out on Amazon, and we will put that link in the episode description. If you're looking for an additional resource as you study God's Word or something to help you stay on track, stay focused, journal, and record your thoughts, it can be a great help. But all of that said, I am in the podcast studio. With the one and only Ben Krejci.
2: How's it going, Emma? It's been a while. Ben
1: is back. It's going well. Ben was here in the early days of Join the Journey, back when we were just getting started. He was there on my very first day.
2: It was it was so awkward the first time. <laughs> it's We're just memories in this was- dingy room and trying to figure out, okay, how do how do we do this? Yep. But we, it was fun.
1: And look at us now. Crazy. But Ben's not here alone. This is a special not. he's not. For the first time ever. Who are you here with?
2: I'm here with my mom. I brought the wise with me.
1: <laughs> this is Teresa Craichy, everybody. Hi, Emma. Teresa.
0: And hi, Ben. Haven't seen Ben in a while. So, what a treat. Reuniting Uh, with your son. (laughs) Even though we do go to the same church and live in, you know, 10 minutes apart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you know how it is.
1: (laughs) Adult children. Yeah. You know, I'm one myself. Um, Teresa, tell us a little bit about you, your family, what's going on in your life? Well, uh, like Ben said, I'm Ben's mom. And um, I I got to be a
0: stay at home mom for 18 years, raising Ben. I did also work part-time from home before working part-time from home was cool, or, or before working <laughs> sure. from home was cool, and uh, I was an executive assistant for a manufacturing company, and I also homeschooled Ben from for 13 years, from kindergarten to 12th grade. And
2: I was the only one, too. And he was yeah. the only one, you yeah. You had me, and you were like, that's enough. I can't deal with another.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I don't it, blame her, Ben. <laughs> So, that was a really fun life with Ben and and my husband. Um, when Ben was—when it was getting close for Ben to graduate from high school, I decided—or my husband and I decided that it was time for me to go back to work full-time. That's how we were going to pay for Ben's college. So, I found another full-time job outside of the home, and that kind of, like, really messed up the rhythm of our life because— It's <laughs> a big change. Or a, a huge change. And uh, it wasn't long after Ben had graduated and I had started this new job that my husband started not feeling well. And over the course of quite a few months um, and going to doctor's visits and things like that, uh, Glenn was diagnosed with a terminal cancer. Mm. And within seven months of his diagnosis, he passed away. And so I have had a pretty hard reset Mm -hmm. on my life. And I'm doing some hardcore empty nesting. Yes. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, or where I'm at. Um, There's some really sweet and good things that the Lord has done over um, these last few years. But I think that Ben and I will be on the podcast again tomorrow.
1: Yes. And you will. Um, I'll have the opportunity to kind of share those things then. Well, I know everybody will be looking forward to it. I'm excited to hear as well. And thank you for letting us into your life. I, I appreciate you sharing with us. I see that you brought your journal with you. I did. I love the journal. I love it. It's so fun. Um, I want you to just let us in when you study the scriptures yourself. You're doing Join the Journey. You're following along. Where do you start? And, And let's kind of walk through today's chapter as if you're doing it at home.
0: Okay. First thing I do is read through the entire passage. And then um, after I'm done reading through the entire passage, I just kind of make some notes in my journals and observations of things that stood out to me. So in this passage in 1 Samuel 8, you know, we kind of have a header to that that says, Israel demands a king. So we realize that there's going to be a significant turning point in Israel's history beginning in this chapter, that is going to be a transition from judgeship to monarchy. And so, just going through each verse, or the verses that stood out to me, um, in verse one, we see that Samuel became old and that he made his two sons judges. And what, what stood out to me in that was it didn't make any um, reference that Samuel had inquired of the Lord sure. about that or prayed about that. It seems like he just did it. And then in, in verse 3, we see that yet his sons did not walk in Samuel's ways, but they turned aside after gain and took bribes bribes and perverted justice. And that was just interesting to me because I thought, hmm, you know, Samuel was still alive when he made his sons judges. And that did he not, like, know their character?
1: Mm-hmm. As why raising, would he have, like why, why would he have chosen
0: that? Yeah, why would he have done that? Or even is there like doing their judgeship and he's seeing all of these. Things happening, like, why didn't he intervene in that sure, or stop, stop that? In verse 4, it says, All the elders of Israel came to Samuel and said, Your sons do not walk in your ways, meaning the ways of the Lord. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like the nations. So what stood out to me in that is that they had discernment enough to know that the sons did not walk in the ways of the Lord. Yet there was this disconnect because they're asking for a king like all the other nations. And then in verse 6, it says that Samuel was displeased and he prayed to the Lord. And what I thought about that is, what if Samuel would have prayed to the Lord when he was asking his son— or At the beginning. Yes, at the beginning. And then in verse 7 through 9, it says that the Lord um, said, Obey the voice of Israel, Samuel. They have rejected me, not you, from being king over them. But yet we see that the Lord tells them, like He gives them a warning. In His mercy, He's going to warn them what all this king is going to do. And a couple of things that stood out to me in those verses 10 through 17 was He said, He will take me, the king will take. And He repeated that six times. That There's going to be six different ways that that king is going to take from them. And then in verse 17, it said, You shall be his slaves. And, you know, that should have reminded them of their forefathers who had been enslaved in slavery in Egypt, and especially now that they're coming into this promised land, this inherited land that was promised to their forefathers, and now they're going to trade that inheritance for being slaves. Then in verse 19, um, it says that they refused to obey, obey the voice of Samuel. They told Samuel that they wanted a king that would equalize them with the other nations, that would judge them and lead them and govern them, and then go before them and fight their battles. They still wanted that king, even though they should have known that the Lord had already been doing those things for them for their entire history, but they still wanted a king like other nations. And so I kind of sat on that phrase of like other nations and like, why did they want to do that? Or what what was that motive to be like other nations? And as I sat on that for a bit and pondered it, pondering um, discontentment in my own life and realizing that, you know, I have a lot of sin struggles, but the root of all of my sin struggles really are discontentment with the Lord. And um in sitting with that, I, you know, just was thinking like, how can I discom- How can I combat discontentment? Well, I have to remember all that God has been to me, all that God has done for me, and all that He has given me. And recently in a sermon, one of our teaching pastors kind of made reference to a psalm to um, support— something he was talking about. And I uh, went home and I sat in that psalm for a bit. And it was really sweet because it turned out to be a super sweet tie-in to this question that I had about discontentment and about being intentional about remembering what all God has done for me to alleviate that discontentment. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of read a little bit of it. I know that I'm going a little bit long, but it just it <laughs> ties okay. in so very well. So, it's some, from Psalm 103, and, uh, verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. And then it gives a whole list of things that the Lord has done. And so, I um, just kind of personalized it a little bit. And these are things for me to remember when I'm di- feeling discontent in my life and um, that He forgives all of my wicked acts and immoral conduct. He redeems my life from the pit of death and hell. He places on me a crown of His steadfastness, love, and mercy, and it goes with me daily. He satisfies me with His good, and it refreshes and renews my strength so that even in my old age, I can have endurance." The Lord has been working in the history of man, but He's especially been working in the lives and history of His people, including me. He's, been re- he's revealed Himself and made Himself known. He's not dealt with me as my sins have deserved. His mercy and love have been abundant and steadfast in my life. He doesn't dwell on my sin or hold, him, hold it against me. He's removed it as far as the East is from the West. He's been my Father, showering me with compassion. He knows me. He knows how helpless, how weak, how weak, and how fragile I am. And He shows me compassion and not contempt. And as you get to the end of Psalm 103, um, well, it, just kind of going back, like when I struggle with discontentment, if I'm mindful to remember all of these things, all that He's done for me, it's easy for me to to be content in knowing in verse 19 of Psalm 103 that the Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom
1: rules over all. Hmm. That's so good, Teresa. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate the candor with which you shared and just the the honesty that all of us can have areas in our lives in which it's really hard to be content when we don't understand why God has done something, when we don't understand why other people have something we want. But at the end of the day, we can trust that our God is good. And I, I see you doing that so faithfully and just, just want to say, keep running the race because I'm encouraged by you. Thanks, amen. So You're welcome. Ben, anything you want to add or you feel good? Yeah. You're going to share a lot tomorrow. So. I
2: am. And like kind of playing in tomorrow is this idea of, I mean, Israel's plan versus God's plan is that like God's saying, hey, I am I am all the things that you are wanting and asked for. And yet Israel says, no, like this is the option. Yeah, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about that more tomorrow.
1: I can't wait. Thank you, too. See you tomorrow. And as always, I am so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together.